da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We hope you all are ready and have prepared yourselves individually for the war, for the rise of the dawn, of the rise of the planet, of the war of the apes. Of the furious seven apes. Gosh, when they drive that Dodge Charger, holy cow. <laughs> just, I just started Dude. cheering in the theater. It was incredible. <laughs> the, the Dallas Bryant cameo, oh, like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that he came back, you know, after being in the first one. <laughs> right. I thought he had died, but gosh. Man. It's got even smarter. The the way Caesar sips his Corona (laughs) is so awesome. It's like so signature, this way he he sips that Corona with the wine. Circus really is a genius, man. Yeah. (laughs) He is. He is a genius. Uh, It would not surprise me, a Rise of the Planet of the War of the Apes universe mix crossover with Fast and Furious. I uh, I could get on board with that. I could get on board with that. It's just Caesar and Dom hang out, you know. It's like a, you're like it's like his sidekick, or it's like Han yeah. and Chewie, you know. <laughs> one of, one of the apes just wears jorts all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're gonna have more of these ape movies. I I thought this was the last one going in. It's the end of the and trilogy. I heard that. It's the end of the trilogy. I, don't know where it goes I, from I mean, like. All the reviews that I've read and all this stuff that I've done after seeing the movie, now that I'm spoiler, I'm ahead of the spoilers, I can actually go kind of look back. And most people think that there's another movie to come. I'm not so sure about that. So I don't know. Yeah, it could be an interesting, it's a, it's well, in there, an interesting spot. I don't there know. There is another movie to come. Um, it's called Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that already came. Yeah. <laughs> if they just remake Planet of the Apes again. Okay. I don't. That, that might be kind of weird. Bring back Tim Burton, you know? Just get right back into it. Is it necessary to remake Planet of the Apes at this point? No. Or I like the... <laughs> is anything necessary at this yeah, point? We I, should have 12 movies a year. Is it necessary for me to drink it. my own urine? No. <laughs> I do it anyway because it tastes good. Or Sterile, and sterile, I like the taste. Sterile, and I like the taste. <laughs> you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Classic Rip Torn. Gave us two great performances. Three great characters in Artie... Patches of Houlihan and Zed. Yeah. That's all you need. Intergalactic Hegger. Intergalactic Hegger. <laughs> I killed a man like you, Invert, that looked just like you in Korea. <laughs> and a good old American treasure, Riptorn. Well, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they remade Planet of the Apes and they just went straight from war to that, but I would be down for another, I don't know, awakening of the planet of the apes or whatever they do. Another one of these in this series before they just go straight into mm-hmm. planet of the apes. I think there's more prequelism to go because right now they're just, they're still apes. They're not mm-hmm. wearing the old gowns and stuff like they are in planet of the apes. So it has to be like different. There's gotta be a, a circumstance of events. Uh, a lot yeah, of events got, that happen. They got to evolve now. a little more. Yeah, gotta exactly. Evolve. I want to see the evolution. I want to see the evolution. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to discuss that tonight in depth. The War for the Rise of the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The maybe final one in this series. <laughs> and, uh, of course, some, some spectacular weekly recommends. I've, I've gotten a sneak mm. peek at the weekly recommends this week. Above, mm-hmm. It's above, above average week of weekly <laughs> recommends, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, and it's going to be good times.
But before we do that, of course, we got movie news, rumors, rumblings. No, not right now. No. State mm. of the Union. Nay. Uh, big time, ma'am, fam, mad about movies announcement. Announcement. A couple of them, actually. Uh, one of them being Son of the Mask is on the way, and we'll be here soon. Mm. And very soon. Soon and very soon. And my solo episode, which I believe the <laughs> listener has voted to be Grown Ups uh-huh. 2. Grown you ups guys let too. us down. I know. I, you guys are not. Glit- glitter came our, in three votes short, and we were should have been glitter. Well, we all vote for glitter, so that technically it tied. <laughs> I voted yeah. at least twice, oh, so that yeah. I didn't vote. So <laughs> I should have voted. I should have. I should have put glitter ahead. I would have yeah. been. I voted for but, glitter. Yeah, we had yeah. over five hundred votes, Kent. So people were really interested in punishing you for your yeah. <laughs> for your misdeeds. I'm surprised there wasn't just a write-in for minions. There was. Oh, there was a lot no, of write-ins for minions. A lot of write-in for minions. I just felt like That's I felt like that obvious. was too easy, and uh, I wasn't sure how you would get through that episode without super cussing. <laughs> so I just, you know, look, Kent's about. If, if you guys don't know, Kent works for a professional football team, mm-hmm. uh, the Arizona Rattlers mm-hmm. Arena League, right? And he's about to head off to training camp, and I. I didn't want to make you sit through minions right before you went off to training camp. That just puts you in a pretty dark place, and it's a rough <laughs> month that you've got coming up. So I thought Mariah Carey would be better, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me so well, Brian. But you know, I, I'm, I've seen your vinyl collection. Yeah, I, I wake up to Mariah daily. <laughs> That's the first thing I hear most mornings. That butterfly tattoo you have is is awesome. It's a dead it giveaway. Yeah. It was worth the uh, seven thousand dollars it cost <laughs> to accurately portray well, the having the having yeah. those jewels actually put into yeah. your skin. The, the beju- especially where the the bejeweling especially- was, yeah, very pricey but worth it. <laughs> to most, especially considering where it where it is. Right. right. <laughs> most Mariah originalists they come from miles around to see it. But I just I, like that you change your Mariah Carey face tattoo every time her face changes. Oh, that's that's my proudest it's the thing. Attention about to you. detail that I right. uh, people like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I think you can probably just assemble my thoughts on minions from the past mm-hmm. year, even for at least thirty minutes. So if you want to, ma'am, ma'am intern out there <laughs> wants to assemble all my minions thoughts. There's right. your there's your minions minions yeah. cast. While you're listening back to try to find all that audio, would you also capture any Galileo talk that uh, Galileo. that you find? Because we've we've missed some. We've had two franchises betray Galileo <laughs> in the last two months. It's way too many. It needs to end. Hashtag save Galileo. <laughs> well, it's um Grown Ups two for me, and I'm somewhat excited about it. I don't think I've seen Grown Ups two. I've seen Grown Ups one. And I, I'm assuming I'm in for a great treat if this is what beat out Glitter and from Justin to Kelly yeah. and uh, another Cat, movie. Catwoman. Catwoman. Catwoman oh, that would have been glorious, too. <laughs> well, uh, I will admit, I did see from Justin to Kelly in the theater when it came out. Oh, wow. Wow. I think it was with a girl or something. And, worth uh, it? Just, Don't believe you. I think so. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was worth it. But I remember it made like seven dollars at the uh, yeah did not do at, well at the box office and I was poor, poor Kelly for those seven. 
my good friend Kelly Clarkson. It's tough. It's great. It's tough. <laughs> good. We worked good at Six Flags together, bro. Weird, because so, I'm uh, super close with Justin Guarini. So <laughs> <laughs> why have we yeah, not had this conversation? <laughs> yeah, you tell him to knock it off with those Dr Pepper commercials. <laughs> okay. He has taken it too far. Um. Well, it's been a fun experience, but I'm excited to to do the grown up <laughs> grown ups two episode, and that might drop somewhere in the next month or so. I would say, give me a couple weeks to get it um, mm. recorded and all that, and we will. Release that to the listener. And again, Son of the Mask is going to come like a thief in the night. You just don't know. <laughs> it's going to smack you in your face as you're sleeping. You're going to wake up 4 a.m. and bam, there it's going to be Son of the Mask in your podcast feed. Okay. Speaking of podcast feeds, big announcement mm. regarding that and our listeners. Um, but that, that will be our last episode. Right? <laughs> the, last, the last episode we go out with a that bang. we're doing. So we've had requests for this in the past, and this is by people that really are dedicated uh, listeners that interact with us on social media and that have become what's been known now as the Mam Fam, the real Mam Fam, not just the uh, not just the, the statistics, the actual yeah. uh, people that interact with us. They want um, one. They want to make it easier on themselves to a support the show, uh, make sure the show keeps on going and be be more involved in the day-to-day um dealings of the show kind of have an input on the things that we talk about uh have votes on things like american treasures um bring up topics that they want us to discuss and have an easier way to do that than just by tweeting us or contacting us or emailing us or something like that these are the people that uh have signed up and uh it's it's kind of an I guess it's more of a assembly of our dedicated fans, uh, an official place. We call it the Mad About Movies official VIP club. Yes, that's right. We're we're announcing it tonight, the VIP club. Get and your velvet rope ready. So what this is is we're setting up a Patreon account, and people have uh, requested Patreon specifically because uh, there's a lot of podcasts and shows and YouTube people out there and things like that and bands and comedians and all the above that use Patreon. And it's a way for us to give you exclusive gifts, exclusive content, exclusive t-shirts, exclusive, you know, insight uh, with us and doing periscopes and Q and A's and just being more part of the mad about movies family. And also it's a great way to support the show. Like I said, Uh, a lot of people ask how they don't, if they can donate, I think buying a shirt is the best thing to do to to support us. And, uh, you know, we accept donations, of course. We do have uh, plenty of shirts for you to buy. This is just a more exclusive way for you to do that. And uh, it really helps the show uh, going. And so what we've done is we've set up several different tiers here. And uh, Brian can give you a little more detail on the tiers. But basically we have four tiers. And this is monthly. We have a $1 a month tier which is basically a 25 cents a week. And uh, the next tier up is a $4 a month tier. So that's, a, that's $1 per week. And uh, the next one up is $12 a month. That's a couple bucks a week. And then the top one, which we have dubbed the I. Yes, the <laughs> I. $20 a month is the top. And that's basically the all-access Mad About Movies listener. You get exclusive gifts right away for the $20 a month. You get um, 
the ability to come on the show after a few months. And, uh, of course, um, things like having your content being able to be published in the Mad About Movies newsletter and being a regular contributor to that and our social media and things like that. So those are the tiers. And uh, I guess the big announcement regarding Patreon is that, A, we're launching it for the mm-hmm. people that really – and there's details on the Patreon page uh, once we tweet out the link and put it on our website uh, as details on what each tier entails. But the big announcement, I think, is that the first piece of exclusive content we're going to have for the patrons is the throwback episodes. Yes, mm-hmm. the throwback episodes will be patron exclusive starting soon it's not starting right away but yeah. starting very soon we'll give you a heads up on that if you want to sign up for patreon for four dollars a month that's a dollar a week so basically you're paying um a dollar a week for twice the amount of mad about movies podcasts that you can uh yeah you can ingest and enjoy so is it worth it to you for four dollars to get twice the contents for some people it might be for some not and for those people that uh, don't think it's worth it, well, we will have our normal show every single week discussing the latest and greatest in mm-hmm. cinema um, history and, and movie news and things like that. But our throwback-specific episodes, where we throw back 30 years and talk about a, an old movie, that will be patron-exclusive. And uh, the patrons are going to have a chance to suggest throwbacks and uh, be a part of that discussion as well. So there's a little bit of ex- yeah. <clears throat> exclusivity to that. And uh, we also have some other things on, on Patreon. Like we're going to do more list episodes, you know, top five uh, comedies of all time and, and uh, you know, our favorite animation and favorite directors and things like that. So maybe some of those conversations won't have to wait, you know, until episode 400 to do that. We'll be able to do those on Patreon exclusively for the patrons uh, in addition to our normal show here weekly. So, again, yeah, it's, it's going to eventually go that direction with the throwbacks. Uh, so sign up now. And uh, you'll be the first to know when that happens, and just just you're gonna have and that it content be, at all. It'll the be time. soon. It'll be uh, relatively shortly. We'll, we're gonna switch that throwback feed over to the patrons. We've kind of been testing it for like nine months or so here. Right. Um, gotten a lot of feedback, so it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good weekly extra episode um, on a throwback film with the Mam Fam, plus other things too. Brian, you want to give out some of the other like little perks on it? Yeah, we're going to try real hard to focus in on um, opening up some opportunities for like chats and Q and A's and things like that, where we can interact. We, we do a pretty good job of interacting with you guys. I feel like with, with Twitter and stuff like that, but we're going to, we're going to try to really up that and, uh, and push that. We'll have some merchandise that'll be available. Uh, some, some for free and some we'll just see you guys patrons will get like the first look at it and stuff like that um some thank you notes obviously like kent said there's an opportunity to to be on the show and uh and then we will also in one of the tiers we'll have an opportunity to uh to suggest american treasures officially and be able to participate in that discussion as well and like kent said like the weekly episode is always going to stay uh, the same as free as like it's always been. You may have noticed that this year we've we've doubled our output and um and that's been a lot of fun. We love doing the show. I'll, I'll speak for you guys and say you know we really enjoy 
well, doing this for the most part. Yeah, I mean, two two part, thirds right? of us anyway. Uh, <laughs> one third of us. Um, I really enjoy having friends to talk to. But um, no, look, I'm not friends. even here emotionally. <laughs> yeah, Pretend for internet friends. Internet friends. Jumping the gun. Kent and I are friends. Okay. <laughs> you guys never invite me to your parties. No, but look, we we love doing this stuff. Um, but it is we all have full time jobs, and it is. It is work. Like that's something that I think people. We get a lot of emails and and tweets and whatnot asking how can we how can I start my own show and that's something that I always try to get across to people is that if you're gonna do this the way that we do it, it, it it's work. Like this has been a part time job and at times times a, a full time job over the last four years and and more so this year. And so um, you know we're trying to find ways to. We're trying to find ways to be able to spend more time doing this, and uh, so hopefully, hopefully, there'll the, the Patreon thing is is a way that we can kind of supplement that time and and the energy that we put into it. And you know, if you if you are, we have thousands and thousands of listeners, and we do not expect well, uh, all of them, or or maybe even most of them, to to come over and and want to help us out. And that's totally cool. We we hope that you'll continue to enjoy our weekly podcasts and all that. But uh, for the people that want to go uh, an extra step and get a little bit. A little bit more time with uh, three very important people. Um, we we truly would love to have your your help, and and uh, we really appreciate the time that you guys give us. And so, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully there's not too many uh, there won't be too much offense or or upset out there or anything like that. But this is a way that we can support the show and support ourselves, and we hope that uh, that some of you guys will will join us in that. And it's one of those things too, where and no one's crying us a river, but but the more downloads you get, the more popular shows get, which is awesome. We wouldn't trade it for the world. The more expensive the show is, um, on uh, and so uh, you know, look, we don't like coming on and we would love to just throw a million episodes out a week, but like like Brian said, we have jobs and it's cost us money to do the show, even with the ads and everything. And and you guys have been so supportive and awesome, and and every. Dollar counts, and and we're not. We have no complaints in terms of our listeners. We have the best ones out there. But uh, but I think this is a good way for us to push out even more content and fill your commutes and your workouts and your work days and all of that with with more and more content. And uh, like Brian said, be able to have the time to do that a little more as well. Because um, I I am a male stripper, and <laughs> the hours are tough. Right, a lot of nights and weekends. Yeah. No, I'm not that good. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of daytime hours, a lot of weekday mornings. Yeah, for me, I'm not, I'm not in the best shape. It's tough, so, buddy. It's, it's tough. all right. I made five dollars today. <laughs> I, well, I found, I found five dollars in the bathroom. Let me turn the plus. Well, so that's. That's we'll it. we'll bring it up more over the next couple of weeks and give like maybe more details once we get we have everything up and ready to launch and everything but there may be more details. We'll launch come, the Patreon but, thing. Mm-hmm. We'll launch. Swing it. by and see what it's about. You know, um, check it out. We'll launch it basically um, this week, and uh, that'll be a, the link will be on our website as well as we'll tweet it out and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. at Mad About Movies on Twitter is our handle, by the way. If you mm-hmm. want to give us a follow. But we got stuff. We're cooking up stuff. We got other po- spinoff podcasts that we're starting uh, that that'll probably be less frequent than Mad About Movies is an every week thing. You know, we've got Mad About Sports, which we've been beta testing, or Richard is and Brian have been beta testing. That could continue into the NFL season, mm-hmm. could perhaps. But the patrons will be the first to, uh, 
or the only people that get that content, really. This so also kind of our side side yeah. projects are going to be uh, on there as well. Yeah, this that's the, a good the four dollar a month tier. Right, that's a good thing to bring up, Kent. Like this, this will give us an opportunity to test out some new stuff and put out some content that we probably wouldn't be able to put out on our regular feed. Like Kent right. and I talked about, this will give us. We literally could. We could all have solo episodes just out there randomly um, as surprises for the patrons and stuff. We could do more commentaries, things like that. We're we're really really buying into the opportunities that this presents that we can't we couldn't put all those things out on our normal feed uh, because of bandwidth, because of uh, because of our our network and ads and all that sort of stuff. And so this is a this is an opportunity to kind of expand our reach as well, or and do right. do some different things. Yeah, there are there are things that we. No one cares about our NBA or NFL thoughts on the Mad About Movies uh, feed. No one's going to search for a movie show that talks about the NFL. You know, it's a uh, but, day. But the people that listen to us daily and actually do care are the probably the patrons, and they will listen to those sports conversations. So that's where we'll make them available. Just kind of condense it down a little bit more, make things a little bit cleaner. And again, it's a dollar a week. One, literally one dollar. A week for that uh that tier of getting all the bonus episodes so um again we're gonna have other stuff uh on there we're gonna have monthly raffle on there where basically if you're a patron we'll draw a random name every month and we'll send you something well it might be a free movie it might be a criterion collection movie or something like that uh you know maybe a print from an artist that we really like or a movie poster or something like that it could be a mad about movie sticker or t-shirt or coffee mug or just something like that. That's just for saying thank you for being a patron. And uh, everybody who signs up for that tier will get a personalized thank you note, though. So that's mm-hmm. that's right off the top. We'll, one of us will write you a note. We'll throw a little sticker in there for you and uh, a little keepsake souvenir yeah. for being a listener, too. And I have, I have gorgeous penmanship, too. You really so do, Brian. You'll want to see that. You'll want to see that. You really do. You've sent some thank you notes to some people, and I'm I'm in awe of your penmanship. <laughs> also, we um I think for the twelve dollar a month tier and twenty dollar a month tiers, we have pins that are exclusive pins with the Mad About Movies logo on it, like that you would put on your coat look, or jacket or they hat. Look awesome. They look I amazing. One from Brian. Yeah, yeah, they look awesome, and uh, I think we might tweet that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the picture of the pin and then the link to the Patreon if you want to sign up. That'll be like a gift that you get right when you sign up. And, Who uh, did those, Brian? Let's give them a shout out. Yeah, it's by a, a, a little company called Pinfinity that um, yes. that, that made them for us and, and makes some really cool stuff. You can find them on Etsy, and I'll tweet out a link to their, their stuff. But I stumbled across them a few months ago. They have a, a vinyl. Uh, the a vinyl's not dead uh pin that's really cool that I bought off Etsy and so I had already become a um a I don't know a patron of theirs and then they reached out to us and wanted to do some pins. So it was a really cool little moment of, of Kismet I guess. And so they're yeah, they're great. They're really awesome and we'll we'll get those out there as well. They're really, really cool. And uh those are first come, first serve. We only ordered a few of those and so I guess the first people that sign up for that tier in the order that they appear will get those pins sent to them. And uh yeah. Put it on your coat. Put it cool. on your uh, if you got, if you're doing the Ryan Adams thing and filling a coat with patches and stuff, <laughs> and or put it on your backpack or wherever you would like if you just want to keep it for a souvenir. That's fine too. So the Mad About Movies official VIP club opening soon. All right. Well, let's take a swig of water break here and come back and talk 
Rise of the Dawn of the War of the Planet of the Apes. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Boom. All right, so I guess I'll admit right off the top here, um, just kind of following up on our conversation about this uh, to start off the show, that uh, I'm going to be a little disappointed if this is the last one of these movies because I've really enjoyed these movies. And uh, it's been such a great progression from Rise to Dawn to War. If if that's right, I think Rise is the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People weren't weren't thinking, and uh, so yeah, it's been a great progression. And what I've really liked about these is that it really did take an existing property and rebooted it in kind of the perfect way. You know, it has this has its own spin more than any kind of reboot I've ever seen, and uh, definitely. We haven't seen, I guess, the last of them, so we don't know kind of how this bridges the Planet of the Apes. But for now, this is a similar concept of Planet of the Apes, but done a completely different way. It's prequels. I understand that. But uh, it's a different approach. It's not like the Tim Burton approach of, we'll just make do a Planet of the Apes, but do it different. Or put your own spin on that story that's already been told. This is completely different stories. You know, completely different characters for the most part with, I guess, lineage to... The Planet of the Apes characters, but it, it it's so interesting the way that they've been able to craft this reboot uh, of Planet of the Apes, and I've loved every in-theater experience that I've had with this franchise. Some of the more memorable summer blockbusters of the past few years are, are seeing these movies, and they're just so huge. They just they come off so well on a big screen, and it's been just a joy to to be a part of it. 
Now, for War, uh, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. And I think they do more for the characters in this than in any of the movies. They're more human than ever, obviously, in more ways than one. But uh, they're just so they're so deep. They're so they're such complex characters, and these are apes we're talking about. You know, it's 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 been just a joy to see the evolution of them. No pun intended. Uh, over the past three movies, and I'm going to be disappointed if this is it uh, for them. But general thoughts, really enjoyed this. Um, Richard, yeah, Gen- general I've, thoughts. Yeah, this was a series that I've kind of slowly fallen in love with. Over the course of it, I remember when they first announced this was happening. It was like James Franco it seemed like, oh, this will be extremely terrible and like just campy and fun and silly. And then, like thirty minutes into it, I was like, this is taking itself really seriously. And then by the end of it, it was like that was actually pretty good. And then they do a sequel, and it's like, okay, there's no way that's going to be any good. You can't make a sequel. I mean, I understand there's what they're trying to do now. I get it, but like. That was kind of they got so lucky they they closed their eyes and swung the bat as hard as they could and hit a triple, and then the second one was even better I thought. Um, the third one, this one, this is such a low key kind of uh, movie universe uh, that this one kind of sneaks up again. And while I'm excited for it, I'm not like counting the days because it's just like oh yeah we'll get to that when we get to it. And then I go to this and your world's just totally wrong. This is one of the best movies of the year, and. Uh, in my opinion, and it's just uh, now you look at the trilogy as a whole, and it's just magnificent. It's just a perfect uh, kind of popcorn uh, trilogy out of nowhere. And uh, I all credit to to the really the screenwriters of this who kind of architect this thing. Um, it's so much smarter than it needs to be. It's so much uh, leaner and and intelligent than it needs to be. It's just it's just it's just wonderful. So uh, my thoughts are as well. I'm a big big fan of this big fan of this kind of modern planet and it's just like i don't even care really about planet of the apes and i love these so i i know that people that do must be just just be thrilled but brian what about you yeah it's interesting you guys both said we we all share the same thought on the way that these movies kind of crept into our our own personal zeitgeist i guess because the first one i thought was solid i enjoyed it i've seen it a couple of times since theaters and it's it's fine it's a little franco-y but Otherwise, you know, it's it's a pretty it's an entertaining blockbuster that I think uh, had a little more had a little more intelligence than it than I expected. Certainly, so that's something. Dawn is very good. I rewatched Dawn. I didn't rewatch Rise before this one because uh, I've I don't know. I just had enough Franco for for the time being. But uh, I rewatched Dawn last week, and I'm that movie is really really good and has a little bit of subtlety to it and there's obviously obviously there's a lot of of uh cultural discussion that's taking place and some of the, some symbolism and things like that that's at work there but it it is fairly subtle and it's it's not done in a way that I at least to me that takes away from uh the experience of of a you know a movie about giant uh, about monkeys riding on horses and stuff so this one's a little less uh veiled i think it's it's a little more on the nose maybe and it definitely has some themes that it's trying to get across through its medium and i I think there's times that that is a little bit hokey or a little bit much but for the most part i think it works really well and it you come out 
I've never had just a whole bunch of excitement about any of these movies, and yet I always come out thinking, man, that was really good, and uh, and and being super enthusiastic about rewatching them again, and and this one's this one's no exception. It's it's interesting the way it, it's interesting to have seen this thing build from the movie that it was in 2012, I believe, or 2011, uh, into yeah, 2011 into this movie. That is so, so large and epic, and this like just become this trilogy that really matters, I think, and and has has a lot to say, but also is has never shied away from just being entertaining. And uh, you know, I if any of our listeners listen to our throwback on the original Planet of the Apes, that was one of my favorite movie series growing up. This is like a whole different ball game because it's darker and edgier and has more to say outright than those than that movie did and that that series did but it's it's still they they, they seem i don't know they, it, i've always appreciated that it's been able this series this trilogy has been able to be its own thing without um without flying in the face of yeah it doesn't run originals from it. yeah exactly yeah it works it works with it even though those movies are are completely different just in tone if nothing else um, so yeah, this one's very, very good. And the, gosh, the visuals are incredible. And Andy Serkis is, is amazing. And I, I like the way, uh, that they've structured the, you know, the, the new, the new world that this is existing in and, uh, have brought in the, you know, the way they bring in a few new characters, particularly, uh, Steve Zahn's character. And, uh, man, it was, it was really, it was really good. I would like it. I think I'd like it to be this continues to be my complaint about most movies right now. And it's just kind of the way that you'd like it to be 90 is. minutes. I need it to be 15 minutes shorter. There's like, there's, <laughs> there could be some cuts here and there just to, just to stream it, streamline it a little bit, I think. Um, but that's a, that's a minor, that's a minor complaint. I thought for the most part, Matt Reeves is a really good director and I think he's proving that. And, um, I get why people are excited about his Batman movie, uh, next year or the year, whenever that's coming out. Um, I'm not cause I'll never be excited about a DC movie again, but at the, you know, I understand if, if I hadn't been burnt so many times, I would be totally excited. Cause I think he, I think he has a vision and he's, he's somebody who has a vision and he really understands how to bring that to the screen. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, what else are you looking for in a director? That's a really, it's a very big skill, a very important skill that he has. And, uh, so anyway, this one's, this is the best of the three, I think quite, quite easily. And it's fun to see a it's fun to see a series build from I think Rise of the Planet of the Apes budget was like seventy five million dollars or something like that to build from that, um, which had almost no expectation and people weren't really excited about it and then just kind of came out of nowhere in a way to to this has been uh, has been I think that's a that's an actual Hollywood success story within the studio system and that's kind of cool to see as well. Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's been really, really fun. Uh, this mm-hmm. evolution has, and I don't know if this movie was even necessary to have the little. Uh, I guess it's prologue, or maybe just the little text that they have at the beginning with. I mean, you know, it has rise and dawn like highlighted, and then war is highlighted in the different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. colors. I don't, I don't know if that was necessary. I thought that was kind of cheesy right off the start, and I was like, ugh. It, it was. Can't, I I totally agree with you. But one thing, because I'm I'm of the opinion that you pretty much should just assume that anybody who's seeing the third movie in a series has seen the previous movies at this point. And if they haven't, then that's kind of on them. But 
I will say this, if you're going to do that, I would much prefer you just to put it up on the screen in the first minute rather than have the characters explain everything that's already happened in the previous I really movies. don't even think. I mean, the way they built this, each movie is completely independent almost. I mean, they go together, but they're there's a completely separate cast in in every single movie except for Caesar, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, uh this could have been a completely independent movie away from that without even the uh, allusions to the, the previous one. I know they talk about the previous events. I think that's kind of where this movie succeeds is that it does, it tells the story of the first, you know, so well without the, the kind of in your face stuff that the, uh, that Don had with, you know, the going back to the home and seeing the photos and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie really did a good job of mentioning the Coba storyline from the last uh, movie and working that into a new storyline, and uh, all they did was basically show Koba with an evil, angry face, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So there's, that's those bad apes, you know. And it, that was great how they've kind of isolated each one of these movies, and they haven't it, that because that was my first thought when Dawn came out was we're gonna do this without Franco, and you get Jason Clark. Really, is this gonna? Is anyone going to care about this? And I loved that. I think I was maybe higher on that than you than you guys were at the time. Um, I probably I'm probably not as high on it as I was at the time, just because um, I don't know. I rewatched it before before War, and I found that I liked War a lot more as a movie. But I really liked Dawn, and I, I could see the direction that they were going with these, mm-hmm. and that really excited me. I love this. I love the first 20 minutes of Dawn. Basically, before the humans get there, you know, I love that, um, like the kind of two thousand and one plus Carrie Russell stuff. and Carrie Oldman never hurt. Oh, I, yeah, yeah I, I love them yeah. too, but uh, they weren't. Queen they, of weren't they definitely weren't the star that was announced. Well, uh, for you, it's like yeah. it's like uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, starring Jason Clark. I went really, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, you know, that's what I thought, and that that blew me away as far as what I was expecting and what we got. Uh, with this. Um, it's kind of counterintuitive of what I thought this was going to be. I thought this was going to be nature versus humans, uh, you know, primitive versus technology. And it was that at the beginning, the first scene of the film is this huge battle scene between the apes and the humans. And it is freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. This is the best, the first 10 minutes of a movie this entire year, I think. and. It's terrifying when it's the actual apes just going and you're from the perspective of the humans and they're attacking the, they're kind of ambushing the troop in the woods. It is terrifying. And they're all flying through the trees coming at you. And then they come over the cliff and all throw their spears at once. And then it's just raining spears on everybody. And I don't think a spear has never been a scary weapon until this movie, you know, they're flying all around you and people are just dying everywhere because monkeys are throwing spears, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, this isn't a war movie. This is a monkeys against people movie. And it was terrifying for the humans. And that overhead shot at the beginning of the movie, I just love that completely vertical shot of like the troops going in to the mm-hmm. war and fighting. I just thought the cinematography of that whole sequence was incredible. Yeah. And I was just completely like saving private Ryan, just completely floored by that first big battle. And then it kind of calms down for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I expected a huge, huge, huge 
Lord of the Rings style war in this movie, you know, and I don't know if we got that. I, in fact, I don't think we did get that at all. The the final battle of the movie is more apes are there and kind of interfere, but it's 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 less you know apes versus humans than it is humans trying to battle for the planet of the apes. You know, this is the war for the planet of the apes, not the war of the planet of the apes. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Sure. So they were they were a little less involved than I thought they were going to be. Did you guys find that too? That the apes were more to themselves than uh, against the humans here? Yeah, it pretty quickly became more of a a revenge story mm-hmm. and then just the the concept of like what what at, you know achieving your 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 goal usually of revenge at what cost like we've seen that trope come out a lot in movies plenty of times but it's not usually in regards to an ape right like it's so that's that's the twist is that the ape is about to lose his ape self not his his humanity and stuff so yeah it's the war aspect is maybe a little bit played up in some ways i think yeah it I was just surprised that, that that it was it was a lot for being called War the Planet of the Apes or War for the Planet of the Apes. It's a lot less war than I uh, thought there was going to be, but that's fine. It was still very strong, and there's some very harrowing scenes involving soldiers and things like that. And speaking of soldiers, Woody Harrelson's Colonel is was terrifying too. And what a great performance by American Treasure. Woody Harrelson. That was, that was actually his twin brother at that point. Oh, it was from Now You See Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, really, really good stuff. And not the the first choice I would have thought for that role. If you had read that role on the page, on the one sheet of who that character is, I would have not pictured Woody Harrelson. But I got to give him credit because he freaking nailed it. You know, he's, great, he's, he's such a versatile actor. You don't really mm-hmm. think of him being able to do that kind of stuff you always think of him for you know zombie land or you know now you see me or whatever but he did he did true detective i guess that's kind of the 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 other side of of woody that you rarely see but man he just he's so great in this and and yeah. uh, exactly the the antagonist you need to to a caesar it's kind of it's it's yeah it was fun to see him do uh, a character that i think he did this type of acting earlier in his career but lately has has been mm-hmm. more comedic related and uh less intimidating and and more magic related obviously um he kind yeah, of found a tone for a while and now he's going mm-hmm. back to his roots sure. in a way yeah yeah hey, but he's very good at this he, you know he's played two or three times over the last uh i don't know six years to the last decade he's played kind of a hardened cop type and he's really good at that, even in movies that aren't particular. Like Triple Nine was not very. What was good, the one but... Out of the Furnace? Maybe was that was Woody in that? Yeah, he was in that. Something I forgot like that. about that. We did a review of that. It's so funny. That's that was that seems I remember like that. twenty years ago. Rampart. He was in that, um, which was super edgy type cop type. So I mean, he does this sort of thing, but it's been a while. It's usually at least in the bigger movies these days, you expect to see him kind of. Uh, cracking wise and and just being Woody, you know, being his his persona that he's created. But you go back to like um, Natural Born Killers and mm-hmm. and some of the stuff like that. That was he's very capable mm-hmm. of that type of performance. Obviously, man, it's just it's just eye opening. He's great to see that again. And gosh, his best years could be still ahead of him. But I thought he was uh, 
thought he was absolutely awesome in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Steve Zahn as well. And Bad Ape. Well, did Bad Ape steal the movie? For Bad anybody? Ape's awesome. Bad yeah. Ape, Bad, Bad Ape. Ape killed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bad Ape was was so gold. And the attention to detail on these characters is... We need to talk about that a little bit. It's just, this is the first time in these, in this trilogy, that the, the line was, there was no line between the CG and the real ape. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. this is incredible. I mean, the amount of close-ups they use in this movie, I mean, uh, you know, for a good hour of this movie, it's shot in close-ups of, you know, you're looking at somebody's face, and that's pretty much it. Uh, and, again, the attention to detail on these uh with these apes is truly stunning. I mean, I found myself just jaw dropped the you know for a lot of the movie trying to see the CG and I couldn't for you know a lot of time even in even in Rise, of course in Rise it was 6 years ago or whatever, but you you're like oh that's you can they look good, you know. They look, the apes look good, but you can there there's definitely a CG factor to them. That's completely gone. And the fact that they do these with motion capture like they do and are able to capture an actor's emotions and performance is just it's just truly amazing. And this is kind of the first time that that line has truly been blurred, even with the Jungle Book last year, which kind of uses a similar process. You can still see a little bit of that CG. Uh, But this, I mean, just wait for the Lion King. I think the Lion King will be that much better. This technology is officially there, and it made this an incredible experience. The just the technological aspect of this was, um, this is going to win Oscars for the technology. If this does not win mm-hmm. any technical awards, I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Just don't listen to that episode. <laughs> it's gonna be an episode Oscar of episode. Grown Ups Three. Yeah, that doesn't even <laughs> exist yet. Yeah. He's going to write it, produce it, make the movie just so he can review it. Sandler already said yes. I text him. It's good. Should we have the annual... It's like, uh, um, college with Kent Garrison? Yeah. All right, I'm in. Uh, great guy. Really good guy. We're uh, in Tahiti? Of course. Should we have the uh, annual conversation of Andy Serkis deserves an Oscar? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, just create a category at this point. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be like mocap only performances, but just... Just Blood. group group mocap and voice. and voice acting all together, and just and it say, doesn't have to be male and female. Just yeah, one just category, one category, and even you, if you want to even add like narration, just voice of whatever, yeah. just yeah. non traditional yes. performance, yeah. non screen yeah. exactly, and 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 make it happen because he's he's I don't know that he's ever gonna gonna going to beat out. Uh, at least you know the the five contenders every year. Every year that he, like 2014, I remember that this conversation was out there, and we we're like, "Oh, it's a pretty weak year. It could happen." And then it's not. It didn't happen because event. You know, December hits, and all these movies come out that are a little more showy and a little more traditional and all that sort of stuff. And I expect that will happen again here. But he is he's magnificent. I mean, he's so he's the the best in his his field at what he does, and it's becoming. It's becoming, it's getting to the point where, like, it annoys Richard and I to no end when somebody says that Dirk Nowitzki is is a great shooting big man. It's like, no, he's just a great shooter, period. Like, that's, it, you don't have to qualify it with the big man. And that's, it's becoming the same thing with Andy Serkis. He's just an incredible actor. It doesn't matter that he's not 
really on screen or you're not seeing him on screen the way you're used to seeing an actor. He's he's incredible. But I just don't I don't know that we're ever going to get to a point. It would take to me it would take a really bad acting year to get him a spot in that top 5. And that's unfortunate because he's amazing at what he does and he should be given the opportunity uh you know to get the acclaim just like you know whoever uh Jeff Bridges and John Hamm and whoever else is going to be out there in the field this year, you know. You're you absolutely mm-hmm. have a point there. Um I think Mark he, Ruffalo he, <laughs> right. He Jesse might Eisenberg, have Dave Franco, yeah. Gotten a uh he could have gotten a nomination for Gollum for supporting actor, I feel like. I thought he was great at yeah. Gollum too and some of the scenes where it's just Gollum talking to Gollum, you know, or Gollum with the precious, it is, uh, that's acting, <laughs> you know, that oh, yeah. is, that's, that's acting. Even the most seasoned Juilliard graduates could not pull off that stuff. So, I mean, he's got, he's got chops and I wish he would do more stuff that's outside of CG. You know, he, I think he's a really strong actor in general, like you said, and I'd like to see him do some actual uh, some more acting. I know he does acting, but some lead roles and things like that. I think he, people, he could really turn some heads on uh, what he does. I think a lot of people go into these movies and say, "Yeah, the ape was animated very well, and the voice was cool," mm-hmm. but nobody mm-hmm. understands that that's the same actor that's been doing it for a long time. And Caesar is awesome in this one too. I love yeah. Caesar and Don because of the war paint and everything, and he's just so menacing and, and badass. Mm-hmm. And here he's a true leader, and I love how they've made him into Moses. You know, and yeah. He's, uh-huh. it, yep. There's so many allusions to the religious storylines in this movie, and the quote-unquote holy war that McCullough calls it, and the crucifixions of the apes and things. There's a lot of allusions there, and I love that that um, Caesar is this is this Moses figure. You know, even going as far as to lead him through the desert and to lead him to the promised land and all this stuff. And it, it's just become a really cool satire for a lot of things. This planet of the apes has. And Caesar is so strong that they, you know, they asked the question in the movie who, you know, I guess they call him Kong code name. Kong is the leader of the, the apes, but they ask him, you know, who are you without Caesar? You're nobody, you know, and that's, that really was the, is the question, you know, who are, who are Moses's uh, followers without Moses and uh, would they, would they have actually gotten lost, you know, in the desert and all that? And could they have gotten across the Red Sea or anything like that? And that's a great question that I was wondering, like, what would happen to this species if, if the person who basically, or the, the creature that basically led its uprising at the beginning wasn't there, would they even have the motivation to um, defeat the humans or they would they just fall and crumble? It's a great question and a great plot line for this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie was very interesting, very deep. The stuff with Woody and his kids and all that is just, I mean, the, the scene between um, Caesar and McCullough where he comes in and he's playing Hey Joe over the speakers and they have that big talk, you know, I feel like it's a 10 or 15 minute dialogue mm-hmm. sequence between yeah. the two about showing mercy, you know, uh, that is yeah. just, so, that is a, that's a great scene. 
I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't care if it's a movie about apes. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's heart wrenching and just good, you know? And that's what these movies have done is they've taken themselves seriously. You know, a lot of movies you can complain, yeah, it takes itself too seriously. Um, I think the mistake would be for these not to take themselves seriously and for them to make this a joke and every other scene, you're just doing some homage to planet of the apes and you're using damn dirty apes, every puns everywhere and things like that. Like they did with Jurassic world, you know, that's what it reminds me of is Jurassic world where let's just, all right, when in doubt, throw in a spitting dinosaur, throw some allusion to the original movie and people, people remember that and be happy. This they t- completely take their own liberties here and make this movie completely its own, its own isolated story, and it's just there's so so many levels to this that I I can't even begin to com- compare them or review them more than that. There's just it's endless the amount of layers to this story. And I, are you surprised, Brian, by that 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 this has become? So deep, <laughs> you know. I mean, like, yeah, gosh. I mean, if, if you would have asked me in 2011, <laughs> is that a possibility? I would right. have laughed. Like, there's no way because I, you know, because I, 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 I watched all five of the, the originals, and I saw the terrible Tim Burton one, and I, I feel like we've kind of reached the apex of what we can accomplish in this world, right? Like, it's just there's not really a whole lot further that you can Ape. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, yo, um, man, see, that's why you got to go to Patreon is for that kind of content right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, it, it, from that movie, no chance. Dawn really upped the stakes. And then this one takes it, you know, 14 steps further. Um, it does. I, I will say this. It requires it requires a step of the viewer. The viewer has to kind of agree to go along for the ride. and. I, I appreciate that. I, you know, that's not a, that's not a criticism. I, I love that. I love when a filmmaker, especially in this setting, in a big budget, sort of a, you know, a tent pole type settings, tries to do something that's uh, a little bit different or a little bit outside the box, or just asks the, the, tr- ask the viewer to trust them for, um for what they're about to see, you know, and, this one really Don does that to some degree. This one really pushes it because you're right, Kent. These are very serious movies. And if at any point in the movie you say to yourself, There's an orangutan um riding a horse in the snow mm-hmm. and that starts to seep in, you're in trouble. You're not going to be able to appreciate the movie because of how serious it is. That's not the case with the original series, because you can just say, This is really stupid and I'm enjoying the heck out of it. This is not this one in particular, it's not really a an enjoyable movie. It's not it's not fun so much as it is um, epic yeah, in rough. a lot of ways. It's yeah. it's difficult. I mean, you're. I don't want to speak for you guys, but I'm full on. I guess at this point we can say we're in spoilers. The spoiler, con- spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The concept of uh, the little girl whose name I don't know, Nova. Excuse me, of Nova's um, <laughs> her teddy bear or her doll or whatever infecting Woody Harrelson and then you're basically ending the movie knowing that this girl that he was right he was right uh, his methods may have been horrible but he understood that protecting the human race or the the survival of the human race meant executing anybody who has this disease whether they're man woman or child 
And yet, at the same time, you also walk away saying, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the end of the human race at this point, right? Like, because they're just, it's so miserable and dark. And you just, you feel, in this in this movie world, you feel like, at least I do, it's, <laughs> we had our time, it's over. Now it's the time for the apes to be in charge because we, we blew it. We've done enough and then it's over now. And so... That's a that's a really risky proposition, I think, to throw that out as like um, this. We know that ending this movie here means that if you're really paying attention, you're understanding and perhaps even rooting for the downfall of human society as we know it. Right. You know? Well, that's, that's that's something. Little, that's flipping you know? it around when. Yeah. You don't see that in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, you you're, in a, you're, like, you're in a movie and you're like, man, I really hope the humans die here and yeah, take over <laughs> right, the planet. Right, if, right. But that's the the world that we live in, in these, uh, in these movies. And man, that's been crazy. Richard, what do you, what do you think of kind of the seriousness of this too? And how, uh, yeah. So here's my thing is that it's, uh, it's, to me, I'm, I really respect this series because, um, I think it's the hardest thing to do is to do these pop pop popcorn movies that are serious and aren't, don't come off as silly. And sometimes it's easier. You know, the thing about a, a good Marvel movie is um, it's hard for them with their certain formula of tone to really, really strike out because they're really aiming for fun um, at all times. So it's hard for them. to. They have, I mean, with the Thor movie, but the second Thor movie, but uh, they really very rarely swing and, wit- and miss, but they, they kind of consistently just hit doubles and triples and things like that. Um, the hard thing is what the harder thing I think, and the less often thing is when something goes super serious like this in a, in a popcorn sense and pulls it off. And, you know, you see someone like Christopher Nolan does that a lot. These movies do that. There, there are people that do it. And when you see it, you see that tightrope walked so well and so intelligently, and so gracefully with real stakes and real emotion and real uh you know epic drama and real pathos and real everything you got you know that's about as fun of an experience as you can have even if like Brian said the movie's not fun um the enjoyable part of it is is, is the rarity that you get to have that experience in in the theater mm-hmm. i completely and, agree and this you, movie yeah. doesn't comment on itself at all Really, yeah. I mean it. That's that, a great you know, point. and so it's 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 serious. I mean, it's not it's not ever going to look at you and be like, "But isn't it funny that these little apes are taking?" You know, it never does that. Mm-hmm. And I like that about it because it'd be easy to do that, and you could probably still make a fun movie and do that. But the way they're doing it is much more difficult and thus uh, more impressive. I think there's there's such an era of believability about this, and because you know the origin of Caesar. And it was just humans screwing around with pharmaceuticals was the reason that we got Caesar, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, you know we we are the top of the food food chain, but a tiger can still come rip our face off, you know. And a bear could do a ton of damage to humans. That's what kind of made the Jungle Book so appealing too, is that it was set in that era of, of reality um, when uh, you insert a human into Mother Nature. It's uh, it's quite a different spin, mm-hmm. but I'm just a little surprised that. Or are you surprised? It was it was funny that kind of the downfall of humankind was because, like the monkeys threw poo at the guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if, he, if that had never happened, then the, the monkeys might have been in their little holding cell forever. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that was their way out was when they uh, threw poo at the guy and then killed him and, and all that when he came down there. But just funny. Just funny. that It's so serious, and then the guy gets hit in the face with poo, and then that's what leads <laughs> to the, the third act, biggest battle thing. And uh, that's crazy. Uh, so, man, the downfall of Woody in this movie, though, is uh, is crazy. Yeah. The, yeah, I you you can kind of see it coming. They call their shot that. on yeah. it, but you know, it, it's still it's fitting, right? Like it works well for within this, within the narrative, and he certainly, I think, pretty much deserves what he gets. So, yeah, your opinion. <laughs> I do hate humans. But he's a pretty good guy. I'm, I'm pretty nice guy. Well established as anti-human. Yeah, I really thought that the Nova plotline was going to work better. It works. It works uh, for the sake of, you know, moving the infection from one person to another in the the form of the doll. But I thought they were going to play that way up more for the sentimentality fact. I guess they kind of do when she sees her dead father right there at the beginning when the apes kill her, her dad. And the apes have to live with the fact that they killed her parent, you know, and that she's mm-hmm. going to be alone. Mm-hmm. I love that scene with Maurice, the... uh the orangutan uh, talking about, I can't leave her here. You know, she can't, she can't be alone. And Caesar's like, we can't take her. And, and Maury says, I know, but I can't leave her here. <laughs> and uh, that I, I think Maurice has become my favorite character in this, this series. Same. And I, I, for me, I don't like the talking apes. You know, I, I love the apes a lot more. When they're just communicating via sign language or body language. That's why I really enjoy the beginning of Dawn. is because it's just primitive apes doing their thing. And yeah, they're mm-hmm. higher intelligence, but there's not, it's not unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, maybe Bad Ape had a little too much uh, ability to talk for me. But I thought the comic relief was great. And uh, the attention to detail on that was fine. Like the sipping of the water... Uh, that bad ape. Uh, I mean, the. I feel like they they took bad ape and said, "Here's what we can freaking do with CG." Mm-hmm. Sure, they went yep. all out with that character, and I agree. It is a it is an achievement, it, it, just Steve. as much as Gollum is a cinematic and mm-hmm. technological achievement. The the bad ape, wow! And when and, they they disguise it as a human at first too, you know, from behind and stealing the play. gun and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. What a great reveal! Yeah, Steve Zahn's great. I, I we all love Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, and there's times when I feel bad that Steve Zahn. Like <laughs> we've talked about, maybe we should change the O'Malley's to the to the Zahns because we just he's so cool. This was a movie where I was like, I'm glad it's not the Zahns because he might be he legitimately should be an American treasure one of these days. Oh, he's man. so great, man. He's so great, and I love that this is kind of the only work that he did uh, during this time period, and he really committed himself to making this happen. It's just. He's he's the best, and he comes. It works so well within uh, this world and this universe that he's in, and the character that he plays. It's a it's a real character. Like there's even Caesar to a degree. There are times when I have trouble taking him seriously as a character, Um, and then Bad Ape comes in, and he just right off the bat, you're like, I'm I love this. This guy is this is such an interesting character, and there's so much backstory here, and it's. Um, you want to know more, and that's 
that's something that maybe to me at least uh, had kind of been missing in some of the previous in the previous installments. This one really got the character aspect of it really well. Yeah, and the character of Caesar too, with the his family dying and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a whole nother level of this that we haven't even gone into. I mean, the like I said, the characters are super intense and, and deep, and I mean, you can do their own series on any of these, uh, any of these characters. But Caesar is is truly one of the one of the iconic characters of of the past five or ten years. I mean. Um, just what they've done with that has been amazing. So, anything catch you by surprise? The ending or anything like that? I kind of kind of surprised maybe that it, an avalanche caused the end of humanity or whatever, so to speak. What we think is the end of humanity, and uh, you know, I guess Caesar has a hand in that a, a bit at the end, but never, not really because of the apes per se. But um, I guess the apes kind of survive uh, most of the destruction and all that and end up taking over and have their own new utopia, their own new place to settle and make their own, which we assume will turn into the planet of the apes at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess, I like I said, I guess I thought there would be more stakes involved with the, the apes later in the movie. And I, I honestly thought, when's the big battle? Like I kept waiting for it. And it just didn't happen. Um, there's a good battle at the end, but it wasn't like I said a, a huge, big scale. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was smaller scale than the first battle of the movie, so that's why I was a little confused by it. But sure, hey, can't complain sure. with the movie this strong. Uh, anything else that you guys uh, noticed, liked, hated, and all this? Uh, I th- I think I've covered all everything I had to say about it. Yeah. Okay. Same. Uh, can we get a Koba movie? <laughs> yeah. So an origin story on Koba. Koba origin. Be pretty dark, Koba. man. Pretty, pretty dark. freaking dark. Yeah. The Koba stuff was terrifying. Mm-hmm. They did not have to bring back Koba. I'm still having nightmares <laughs> about Koba from four years ago or whatever. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. Hats off to everybody in this. Series, actors, directors, you know, technological people. It's just been top notch and just such a cool experience. And, you know, maybe the most underrated franchise of the past couple of years, the one that nobody talks about. People talk yeah. about the Marvels and the Star Warses, but this one mm-hmm. has been very, very solid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on, guys, and hit our weekly recommend. Oh, we got to grade it. We got to grade out. Oh, yeah. Let's grade it. I'm going to grade it at a solid A. Really like this. Brian. Same for me. A. Just a, a straight A. for me, too. Straight up A. Straight A's home. Triple A. Triple A, yo. Triple you got a, a flat tire because you just got a triple A. Hey, yo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now it's time for Weekly Recommends. <laughs> Weekly Recommends. Just something I want to mention before we get into weekly recommends here is uh, another aspect of For the Planet of the Apes. The donkey part, or the, the apes that work for the humans, was an, was really, really something that I didn't expect. But if you know, if we can make connections to Donkey Kong somehow in this series, <laughs> that, that's fine. But uh, yeah, that was a weird thing to see the... Uh, 
apes working for the humans and on the other side of mm-hmm. the coin and the, the scenes where they would just focus on the apes uh, the donkeys as they would see the other apes dying and the kind of guilt on their face and things like that worked really well so I just wanted to mention the donkeys okay well Brian what's your recommend I am going to recommend a, uh, a new special I guess probably not a series maybe it's a series on Netflix it's a uh it's a comedy stamp or stand-up special. It's actually called The Stand-Ups. Um, I watched, it's four episodes. It's just, I think it's four, four episodes, yeah. There's, a, it's just a different stand-up, or it's five episodes, excuse me. Different stand-up each episode doing a, you know, 30-minute set, something like that. And um, some of them are not particularly good. So I'm just going to highlight the first episode is a guy named Nate. Bergazzi, I think he's the guy who started this uh, or who came up with this idea. They're all on a stage in LA and got all the, everybody together. So his set killed me. It's one of the funniest stand-up sets that that I've seen in a, in a really long time. So some of the others like uh, Nikki Glaser and Dion Cole and and uh, Fortune Feimster, I've seen all of them do much better work than they did here. But I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen anything, or at least an extended set from Bergazzi, and it was hilarious. It's a really, really funny set, and uh, and relatively, relatively clean. Some of the some of the rest uh, is, is not. So just be aware of that uh, if you have kids and stuff. But his his set was really was really clean and, and pretty solid and and uh, and really 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 funny and so he had some he had some great some great stuff so I've, I'm I'm an instant fan and it, it was uh, like I said one of the better sets I've, I've heard in, in a long time so check that out again it's called the stand-ups it's on Netflix episode one is Nate Bergazzi's set so that's my weekly recommend Richard how about you man yeah I'm gonna recommend a book uh, I've been I've been going through uh, Brian, this can't. This is one you might be interested in. It's A.O. Scott's book, uh, oh, nice. critic for the uh, New York Times, it's called "Better Living Through Criticism." And it's how to think about art, pleasure, beauty, and truth, and it's just about kind of thinking critically and living critically. And as kind of uh, quasi movie critic people, it's it's kind of a it's an interesting read for for that uh, for that for that reason. But uh, no, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Great read. Tony Scott's a great or A.O. Scott, but he goes by Tony sometimes, which is weird. Um, uh, it's a great, great writer and it's a pretty quick, easy read. So I think you would both enjoy it quite a bit. Sweet. Also directed Top Gun, if I believe. No. <laughs> Different Tony. <laughs> yeah. Tony Scott. Rest in peace. A- A.O. Scott's peace. one of the, Ridley's one brother. Of, one of my favorites. Movie yeah, he's great. From way back when he did a lot on the, he, on, uh, Ebert, uh, Ebert after Roper left and Ebert was, he was one of the villains perpetually. He was always great. One of my favorites. I I saw the stand-ups uh, show on Netflix, but I'm glad to get that it has your recommend, Brian. I wasn't Dude, sure if I should check it yeah, out. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. I would honest. Nikki Glaser is one who I've seen do some really funny sets. This is not. It's not one of her better performances, uh-huh. I don't think. But that's you know, it's comedy subjective. It is what it is. But Neighbor Gotzi killed. It was really really funny. Was it? Yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm gonna recommend a couple of music albums that Ooh. have come out over the past, I guess. Florida Georgia Line that put out two months. albums this week? Oh, yeah. man. Sick. It's, it's sick. It's like, but it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, um, that, 
Oh shoot! It's like that Outcast record from 2006 that oh, Big, yeah. Big yeah. Boy did one side and Under 3000 <laughs> did the other. Box, it's like feature that. Level box, yeah. yeah, yeah, Level and Speaker Box. It's their version of that. So it's really two solo albums. So mm. it's the best of both worlds. Man, it's awesome. Yeah, both of their vibes. <laughs> both of their vibes are actually exactly the same. That's just how they roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend two albums. One of them is Jay Z's new album. 444 and that's available not only on title now so i can recommend that if you don't have title you can seek that out um been spinning it a lot and i don't think it's musically his best work but it's lyrically definitely some of his best work and it's jay-z so you, you gotta love jay-z and we might go see him later this year still up in the air something yeah. like that but uh Check that out, Jay-Z's new album. It's worth a listen if you like Jay-Z at all. And I'm going to recommend the uh, new album from Haim. Uh, oh, the yeah, three that's ladies, an awesome record. Yeah. Uh, that are absolutely great. And Haim is H-A-I-M. If you have never heard of them, they're awesome. They remind me of Wilson Phillips yes. from the yes. 90s, except, totally do. except a lot cooler and better then they're not straight pop music they're more yeah, of a, a little, rock more, vibe, little yeah. more of a band than a pop group but uh, similar kind of vocal stylings and their new album something to tell you is awesome very very good and it took them forever to come out with it uh yeah, their last while. album came out i think in 2012 or something like that i was super into it i might have even mentioned it on the show before and I was always waiting for their next album, and man, they took their time on this, but it was worth it, because every song is a hit, you know, and uh, it's just great music. So Haim, something to tell you, and Jay-Z's new album is out as well. There's some other good music I've been listening to as, as well. Um, Lord is great. She's awesome, too. I, mean, I think this is such a golden age of pop, like vocal like female pop singers i mean there's just with miley cyrus and lana del rey and beyonce and and haim and all of them i mean my gosh we are in a golden age of female pop singers guys guys, yeah guys need to step it up we get guys only have bieber and drake like that's it (laughs) the females are are killing the game with the the taylor swifts and selena and all of them uh, I think the is the weekend male. I don't know what yes. is he human. The weekend, he, he's just kind of like his own thing. The weekend is solid. The weekend is really solid. Yeah, it's he's, a good record. Uh, but yeah, those are my recommends. And hey, I love music. If you're a listener and you love music too, and you're listening to an album that you're keep spinning, we love music too. Send us your music recommends as well as your movie recommends. Yeah, we always, uh, yeah. we're always down for that. So mad about music may be debuting soon on the uh, Patreon (laughs) site. Okay. We're going to find you online, Brian. You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing and I will have, I've got a Chris Nolan rankings coming out at the end of this week. So hopefully that'll be up soon. You can find that at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at Richard Barden. You can find me at the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, kentgarrison.com. Find our show, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, at madaboutmovies on Twitter. And uh, like us on Facebook, too, if you want to continue the conversation over there. Send us an email. Subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Leave us five stars. And until next week, I think we're talking Dunkirk. I've heard of it. Dunkirk. 
until then, we'll see you a la cinema. A goodbye. Au revoir. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Oh, 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 oh,